Today we're in Luke chapter 1, looking at verses 39 through 45. And we're going to be talking about how the Lord led Mary to go visit Elizabeth and how the Holy Spirit visited Elizabeth and then how Elizabeth broke forth in spirit-filled praise. And uh, as we think about these things today, we can think back to when we got an announcement of something good in our own lives. Luke 1, 39-45, we can think back to when we got an announcement of something good in our own lives. You know, maybe you got an announcement about a brother or sister getting married. Or maybe a child or, or uh, someone of that nature has given you that. Maybe you're, uh, you've cared for someone and you're a school teacher and one of your students gives you that announcement, and you're invited to that. Maybe you got an announcement about a graduation. You got an announcement about a birthday party that you've been invited to. You got an announcement about your son or daughter receiving a scholarship, or you yourself got a college scholarship. Woohoo! Maybe you even got an announcement about winning an award or getting recognized. You know, there are many different types of announcements that we receive throughout our lives, but all of them result in us taking an action from them. We take action for the brother or sister who is getting married, and we put it on the calendar, and most of the time we'll go visit them to celebrate with them if we're not there in person. Today people do it in all different types of ways. It's usually on social media and all that kind of good stuff, and by, by extension you get to be a part of it, but uh, we want to make those plans when we think about the graduate, we plan to attend or at least give a gift in response to their graduation. In response to the birthday party, we again set a date on the calendar. We go pick out a gift or whatever it may be, send a gift card, something of that nature. You get an announcement about a scholarship. And as parents, if your child gets a scholarship, I'm telling you, there's, there's not a whole lot more uh, exciting things to hear in your life than your child gets a scholarship to college. Because we all know college is not cheap. So you rejoice in that. We take action. We, we might even jump up and down and shout when we hear something like that. And then for those about getting an award or getting recognized, we congratulate or we commend them. Uh, we commend the recipient or whoever that may be, whether it be yourself or whether that be someone else in your life. We take action upon an announcement that we have heard. Well, today, we look at Mary's response to her announcement by Gabriel from the Lord, and her response was to go visit her cousin Elizabeth. That was her response. And Elizabeth is filled with the Spirit and proclaims a Spirit-filled outburst of praise over Mary to God. And I hope we can find the joy and excitement of the announcement that each of us has an opportunity to know the Savior of the world on a personal level. And we should plan to make the announcement known that God demonstrated his own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This is an announcement that requires action. This is an announcement that requires us to make visits in the name of the Lord. This sermon series that I'm preaching through in December is entitled Announcements, Visits, and Showers. We're expecting a baby. And when we have those things, when you yourself or your child or grandchild's expecting a baby, you get an announcement in the mail, there's visits to be made, and then there's showers that are thrown. And we're going to be talking about showers the next couple of weeks, and you're thinking, I don't, I don't remember there being showers thrown. Nobody had a CLC back then and all this kind of stuff, and, but... You, but You'll figure it out next week. We'll get there. 
But today we're talking about a visit being made. And uh, we're talking about a visit of Mary to Elizabeth, the Holy Spirit to Elizabeth, and then Mary's Spirit-filled outburst of praise. Let me read this passage of Scripture with you today. Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 45. You follow along in your copy of God's Word. The Scripture says, Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. As we look at this passage of Scripture today, we find ourselves here in Luke chapter 1, and we're going to begin in verse 39. But as we note from last week's sermon, last week I preached on the announcements. We preached, uh, I preached on the announcement of Gabriel unto Elizabeth, uh, unto Elizabeth excuse me, unto Zacharias, I apologize. And then also from the angel Gabriel's announcement to Mary as well. And then Mary... Uh, to confirm to Mary that God was doing miraculous, wonderful things, the angel Gabriel said, Look, even your cousin Elizabeth, who has been barren for some long time, she now is in her sixth month. And so Mary is just like, this blows my mind. An angel has spoken to me. An angel has spoken to my, my cousin Elizabeth. She's overjoyed. So we find ourselves here. The announcement has been made in the first part of Luke 1. And now in verse 39, we find Mary making plans to go visit Elizabeth. So Mary visited Elizabeth and Zacharias. Now there are some really neat things about this text. Verse 39 says, Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And I'm going to stop there for just a moment. Notice how Luke puts the divine encounter and a very human one side by side. I mean, here's Gabriel. Now I'm going to go. I've been visited by Gabriel. Now I'm going to go visit Elizabeth. Mary had just had the most earth-shaking experience in the world. Nothing will ever surpass this. And what did she do? She immediately ran off to tell someone. And in this case, it was her cousin Elizabeth. She couldn't wait to share what had happened to her. Now, we, we think about this in our own lives. When we receive Christ, when the Holy Spirit comes to us and we get this announcement and God speaks to our lives and we're redeemed, our first response should be to go and tell. We are, some, some have called us Great Commission Baptists. And the Great Commission is to go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And so we go and tell. We go and we tell people what Christ has done in our life. Mary says, this has happened to Elizabeth. Let me go and tell. So our response is to be messengers of the good news. Remember, I've said this a couple of times already. 
that for 400 years from the closing of Malachi until the opening of the angel's voice unto Zacharias, it had been 400 years of silence. Could you imagine the joy to hear again from your God who had been quiet for so long? Many of you maybe have experienced where God's just not talked to you in a while. It's been a while since God has really spoken unto you. Now his word lies open here on this pulpit today. And it can speak to us if we're willing to get into it. This is the word of God. And it can speak and it will speak. But you've got to be willing to listen. Not just read. You can read all kinds of things but not take it in. We've got to listen to the word of God. And like I, I preached two weeks ago, I preached on being, uh, making things known. We make what we, have, uh, what we know known, we make what we have heard known, and we make what we have heeded known. And this is what Mary has done. What she knows, what she has heard, and what she has heeded. She's heeded the Word of God, and she's making this known to Elizabeth. Now listen, when, when Mary comes in, Mary wasn't set back from the announcement she had received. She had been set into motion. And that's the same thing for you and I today. When God gives us an announcement, it is not to set us back. It's to set us in motion for his kingdom's work. One commentator noted that Luke did not specify the town she even went to. But we could assume that it was 50 to 70 miles from Nazareth, Nazareth to Zechariah's home. This was a major trip for Mary. It was a three-day journey. So Mary's parents had to be on board for such a great journey for their young daughter. The scripture says... Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste. Now, most of the time when we associate the word haste, we think hastily, like it's unplanned, like there's, there's you know, just all of a sudden off, off the cusp, I've made a decision. Haste can also mean with quickness, but yet with little planning. It doesn't mean with no planning sometimes. This, and you also got to take into account that Mary was somewhere around the ages of 13, 12, 13, 14 years old. They don't really know for sure. She was a middle schooler, okay? A middle schooler who now has, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has conceived. And now she says, I'm going to go visit Elizabeth, who lives three days away. How many of you parents of a middle school say, you, you go right ahead. We, we would love for you to go visit your cousin. I don't think so. But her parents and Dally allow her to go. And it's most likely, though, that that many other people from Mary's hometown were making this trek, so she joined in with them for security purposes. If you've seen the movie, The Nativity Story, now it's not biblical, but it's, it's pretty close to it. If you've seen that movie, you see she travels along with a host of folks that are going on this journey together. And so it's, it's very, I mean, it, I, there's no earthly way that at 13 years old, uh, for my daughter, Pregnant or not, she's not going three days away without me. She ain't got a driver's license. How's she getting there? You know? Of course, three days to them without a car was much longer of a trek than us today. But, you know, it'd be like 30 minutes maybe. I don't know. I'm just kidding. But um, it, it's, it's a different context when you think about that. But it's most likely that she joined in with a caravan that was already heading that direction. The scripture makes it very clear that Mary made this trek with haste. And sometimes... Um, it, 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 the hastiness of it all is, is just that quickness, as I just said a moment ago. It's just that she, she found out this news. She said, I've got to make a decision very quickly. I've got to go see Elizabeth. I've got to see this for myself. And 
We need to be people that when people have something good going on in their lives for the Lord, we need to make haste to go celebrate with them. We need to go and make that trip. And I also want you to understand to be chosen by God so often means at one and the same time crown of joy, a crown of joy and a cross of sorrow. I mean, I can't imagine the joy that, that filled Mary's heart when she heard what God was going to do through her. But at the same time, there's the cross of sorrow and shame that she was probably going to feel in her community, uh, knowing that she's going to be carrying this child apart from a, a, a husband. She's never known a man. She's just espoused or betrothed to Joseph at this time. There's, there's, there's no marriage right yet. So the shame that's going to come on her, the cross is the cross of sorrow that she's going to bear. But thankfully, Joseph is a man of God, and he listens as the angel comes to him later on. I haven't really covered, I'm not going to cover Joseph very much in our series this year as much as I have in years past. But man, for him to him also to be visited by the angel and to, and to say that it's all right, as the song said. I thought that was, I get that, that's kind of interesting. said, it's all right, it's okay. He, it, to be chosen by God often means at one and the same time a crown of joy and a cross of sorrow. The piercing truth is that God does not choose a person for ease and comfort and selfish joy, but for a task that will take all that head, heart, and hand can bring to it. It's going to take every bit of who we are to accomplish a task that God calls us to. And it took every bit of Mary and every bit of Joseph to, in full obedience to the call of God on their life to be able to fulfill this. It's an amazing account that we so often look past. And this event possesses, when you think about it, this event possesses little significant on the surface. But for Luke, it's a major literary bridge since the two major characters of the account meet symbolically through their mothers. you got John the baptizer, the forerunner of the messenger. And they're meeting in their first account on earth of John the Baptist and Jesus Christ. For us today, when we receive the word, whether it be in gathered worship or individual worship or a shared worship where it's just a couple of folks together, we should be ready to go and tell. Go and tell. Mary had a testimony of the work of the Lord in her life and she wanted to share it. We should be ready to go and tell. As soon as, as, soon as she heard from the angel... If you look back up at verse 38, Mary submitted to the Lord's um, uh, call to obedience to her. And Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed for her. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste. I know there's a break possibly in your Bible. But this, that's added for us to have understanding. There's not much break there. She arose in those days and made haste to go and be with Elizabeth. We also need to see Mary going to celebrate and affirm God's word in Zacharias and Elizabeth's life. We too should be going to celebrate with those called to the work of the Lord and in his kingdom. If you know of somebody that God is working in their life, God's called them to do something, God's given them a ministry, celebrate with them. It might be that God wants you to serve alongside them. Not just celebrate, but serve we got a lot of people who like to celebrate, but not many that like to serve. we got to do both. we got to celebrate and serve. Celebrate with the victories and then serve in the ministries. 
Well, that sounds good, don't I? I need to say it again. We need to celebrate in the victories and serve in the ministries. And that's what we've got to do as a church. That's what we have to do as a church. We should also not be slow to go to those who are submitting to the will of the Lord and desiring His glory to be known. We need to be quick, almost to the point of being hasty. We need to go with haste. You hear something good about somebody, go and help affirm that in their life. That's the reason why you have church family. We're not just church. We're church family. And when something good is happening to somebody's life, go and celebrate with them quickly. Because the devil tries to pluck their joy, right? The devil, he's, he's a good plucker, if you will. He likes to go and pluck things from you when it's, when it's shallow in the ground before it takes root. He wants to do that. But as believers in Christ and his church family, if we'll hustle on over, hastily get to them, we can affirm and, and talk with them about the, what God's called them to, and we can celebrate with them. And here's Mary, young middle school girl. She gets this message from the Lord, and she says, I've got to go to my cousin Elizabeth. I've got to go celebrate. I've got to see what God is doing in Elizabeth, literally. <laughs> I've got to go see what God has done and is going to do. And so she takes off. And then she arrives. Let's look at verse 41. She arrives at their home. Verse 41, and it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, let's, let's look at this. If you look at verse 40, it says, she, she went to the city with haste. She entered the city and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. Hey, Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the baby leaped in her womb. You ever just walk in the door? Somebody says, come on in. You walk in. Hey, I'm back here in the kitchen. All right, I'll be in there in a minute. As soon as that voice was heard from Elizabeth, the babe leapt in her womb. Man, how amazing is that? That is amazing. All right, so maybe you don't think it's as amazing as I do. I don't know. I think it's pretty amazing. So anyway, she's entered the house. She comes in. She's like, what's on the TV? It is at the college football playoff. They come in the house, and, and, and they're excited. There's something, a whole lot more, there's something a lot more exciting than that going on, right? A lot more exciting, because trust me, Alabama fans, we ain't getting in. So there's, there's a lot more exciting things going on. But I tell you what, dig it in the house. The Holy Spirit got in that house, and we need the Holy Spirit in our house. We need it in our physical, individual temple. We need it in this house. We need it in our family's houses. We need the Holy Spirit in our homes more than we need any of those other things. And it says, And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the baby leaped in her womb. And this is something that caught me as I was studying. I've never caught this before. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. How many of you ever read that and just passed right over? Didn't catch that, that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Man, that blows my mind. I was like, that's, that's different. Never heard anybody really think much about that. But I want you to understand, Elizabeth was not jealous of Mary. She wasn't jealous of Mary at all. Elizabeth, because Elizabeth had a visit from the angel Gabriel, she herself was bearing a miraculous child. But when she heard the good news, she, she acknowledged that the child Mary was carrying was even greater, and she rejoiced. She wasn't jealous or selfish for herself. She saw what she knew through the power of the Holy Spirit 
what was about to happen and who was present among her. How blessed we are to have a few friends like that, right, that rejoice. When you receive a great honor, I trust you have some friends uh, who enjoy your success, and that joy may leap inside of them as the baby leaped inside Elizabeth's womb. I hope you've got some friends that can celebrate with you. You enter in the house, and they just celebrate with you. When Mary arrived at Zacharias and Elizabeth's house, the text gives us the idea that Elizabeth wasn't quite in the room. That's kind of the feeling I get. Like maybe she was in the back or to the side, and, and Zacharias opened the door. Oh, hi, Mary. And, and Elizabeth greets, oh, hi, Zacharias. Where's Elizabeth? And then the baby leaps in her womb. Just, just that voice uh, uh, called for John the baptizer to leap in Mary's womb. Not only did the baby leap in the womb of Elizabeth, but Elizabeth is visited by the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth being filled by the Holy Spirit was only by the recognition of Jesus as to who he truly is. And Elizabeth makes that proclamation of blessing here in just a minute. I'm going to get to that in, in the latter part there. The remark about the Spirit's filling of Elizabeth there uh, in the latter part of verse 41 is crucial. For it indicates that her coming remarks and emotions are directed by God. In an enticing omission, the text never tells us how Elizabeth knew Mary was expecting this child. This adds to the mystery of the event. Because remember, Mary gets the announcement, she arose in those days and made with haste and went. So Mary was probably not even showing or nothing like that yet. And so she enters the house and she already knows. Now I could stay here for a long time. In our today's culture, we want to say that that's not a baby. That's not a baby in that womb. It's a clump of cells. It's, it's this. It's an embryo. It's, it's this. It's that. No, it's a baby. It's a baby. And if you watch it, and if you've seen any scientific stuff, if you've ever seen them do sonograms and stuff like that, when, when the egg and the embryo, uh, when, when they come together, there is a spark of light when, 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 the, when it's fertilized. And life comes into that child. That is a baby. I don't know exactly how far along Mary was in her pregnancy. But I want to tell you, it wasn't where she was showing. It was where God was knowing. And God knew at that when Mary was expecting. God knows a baby. And we know a baby. God is the creator of science. And God is not absent from nor away from science. He is the creator of it. He says there's a baby in that womb. And at the moment of conception, Mary was carrying the Son of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And that baby's name was Jesus, and that baby was a boy. All those things at the moment of conception. Don't let culture and society confuse you. Don't let it. The angel Gabriel told Zacharias, you're going to have a son. And you're going to name him John. At the moment of conception, he was a boy. His name was going to be John. Jesus, at the moment of conception, uh, uh, Jesus, at the moment of conception, where the Holy Spirit came upon Mary, she was having a son, and his name was to be and is Jesus. 
No confusion. You know who the author of confusion is? Satan. And he wants to confuse our country, he wants to confuse our teenagers, our young adults, and even further down. But hopefully as adults, you went through science class and anatomy class and all that kind of good stuff, so you know. That's a baby. It's a baby. So, we've got that covered. It's a baby. And you know what? In a few weeks, we're going to celebrate that baby being born. December 25th. Now, I know I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but we know that Jesus really wasn't born on December 25th. But we celebrate it on December 25th, and we're going to talk about and celebrate that on that day. Um, to speculate on how Mary's greeting caused the child to leap in Elizabeth's room would be to miss the unaffected beauty of this narrative in which the stirring of the unborn child becomes a joyful prelude to Elizabeth's being filled by the Holy Spirit who enlightened her about the identity of the child Mary was carrying. We've got to understand the beauty of that. God gave Elizabeth the clarity to know this. They didn't have cell phone. They didn't have FaceTime. They didn't have Facebook portal. They didn't have all these different things so they can know and communicate face-to-face and her turn sideways and say two weeks and six weeks and nine months and all this kind of stuff to show how the baby was progressing. They didn't have that. She just jumped on the caravan and went to visit her cousin. And the Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit, gave her the knowledge that this was the Son of God inside the womb of her cousin. Man, that's amazing stuff. So what do we take from this? What is the application for us today? Listen, the Holy Spirit is at work all the time. And when the Lord decides to bring Christ into our lives, that is when the Holy Spirit really begins to work all the more. The Holy Spirit is at work in you and I to work to bring people to Christ. I've talked about that. He's not like Casper the friendly ghost going up and down the aisles. He possesses us. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. And the Holy Spirit works through us to share the good news of Jesus Christ, to woo them so that they may come to know that Jesus is who the Bible says he is. He's Lord of all. And that they may come and confess him as Lord and believe in their heart that God raised himself from the dead and then they're saved. And they're put in a right relationship with God the Father. It's the work of the triune God. The Holy Spirit is at work all the time. The only people that hinder the work of the Holy Spirit is you and I and our unwillingness to submit to the will of the Father. We also need to take note that, this, that some instances are isolated events. Okay? We cannot begin to think that when someone is within earshot of Christ, they're automatically filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, this was a very special situation for Elizabeth. For her, for the Holy Spirit to come upon her as she did. You know, John the Baptist in the womb was already filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that. But Elizabeth was not. You know why? Because making a profession of faith is an individual decision. It's an individual thing. But I want you to know that was a special instance that God blessed Elizabeth to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that she may be able to know God's plan. But for you and I, when we confess Christ, the Holy Spirit fills us, and we can read the Word of God and understand God's plan. Because He's written it before us. As I said last week, 
Without the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we could read this book and not have any kind of growth. But when we have the Holy Spirit in our lives and we read the Word of God, we should be experiencing ongoing growth because He is the counselor. And He counsels us, counsels us in what this means, what it means in its context, what it means to us today. That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. <clears throat> And the last thing about this point is, is no matter when the Holy Spirit comes into an individual's life, joy is the inevitable outcome. Joy is the inevitable outcome. We should have joy. Oh, unspeakable joy, as I've heard it said. We need to have unspeakable joy. And, and Elizabeth, we're about to hear it. She is overwhelmed with the power of the Holy Spirit within her to praise God. We <clears throat> we, we, have, we have got to bring our praise to the Lord. She brought her praise to the Lord. But yet we come in and we're like, ho-hum, ho-hum. And, and where, where's your praise? Where's your praise for a God that died for you? Where's your praise for a God that would step off his throne for you? Where's your praise for a God that walked this earth for you? Where's your praise for a God that would say, I'm going to be born in the creation, by the creation, so that I may redeem the creation from the creation's own mess it created? Where's your praise? It's the birthday of a king. Where's your praise? Elizabeth, it's right on her lips because she's filled with the Spirit. Oh, as Baptists, we're scared of the Spirit. Oh, the Spirit's going to get me. If you're saved, it's already got you. Listen, we got to praise the Lord. I'm not telling you we got to act all crazy, but we got we to let it loose. We got to sing. We're scared. We got to quit being scared and sing. We gotta be quit being scared and go. We gotta quit being scared and share. We gotta quit being scared and teach and herald the good news of Jesus Christ. And, and just here, here is Elizabeth there in verses 42. It says she spoke out with a loud voice. She didn't go, Oh, blessed are you among women. I hope you can hear me, Mary. No. She, bless her, you among women. Could you imagine her running? Like if you were in the kitchen, she goes running in the room. Oh, Mary. Blessed are you, Mary. I'm so glad to see you. Oh, my goodness. And, and who? And then she's overcome by the, by the moment. She says, who am I to be favored in such a way that, that the mother of my Lord would come unto me. Look at what she says. Why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as I, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the, the baby, look, feel right here. Feel right here, Mary. The baby leaped in my womb from the joy of knowing the Messiah has come. And he's in my house. He's in my house. Do we have that joy in our house? Jesus is coming to my house. Do we have that joy in our house? I don't think so. If we did, the joy in this house would be out the roof. It would be crazy praise in here. Man, she was excited. She spoke with a loud voice 
But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Elizabeth knows God does not owe her such a central role, yet she is amazed at God's involvement with her. And asking, why am I so favored? She understands that she is but a humble beneficiary of God's grace. You know, a major theme of the first two chapters of Luke is that God does what he says. God does what he says. Rich is the blessing that comes to those who share in and believe in that truth. When God steps into our lives, we should rejoice and trust that he will do as he has promised. People who believe the Lord are blessed people. Mary had believed the Lord, and through the Holy Spirit, Elizabeth saw that and rejoiced in that. When someone professes Christ, follows through with believers' baptism, and grows in their faith, we should be shouting for joy. Maybe even a little jumping in the house of God would be appropriate. When I was young, we had a when I was a teenager, I had a CD, and it was by Worldwide Message Tribe. And it had a song called Jumping in the House of God. Now, I'd sing a little bit for you. It goes, jumping in the house of God, jump up, jump, jumping, in, jumping in the house of God. Jumping in the house of God, jump up, jump, jumping in the house of God. And listen, sometimes there's things to run and jump about. Listen, you, you think about this. When, when you've had something to celebrate, many of you, especially ladies, men, if you do this, I'm pulling your man card. But... But you think about some of these ladies uh, when, when good news comes, okay? Uh, ladies and, and teenagers, you see them sometimes, they'll have something happen in their life. Uh, uh, two girls make, make a volleyball team, or they make the softball team, or they, they make the chair in, in band, or whatever it may be, first chair, or, or they make it as a majorette, or whatever it may be. And they, they take hands, and they jump up and down, and yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever seen them do that? I've seen that. You ever seen that? I can only imagine Elizabeth just sliding up in that room like Tom Cruise in that movie behind that couch. And she grabs Mary by the hands and she's like, oh, yeah, she's just a celebrating. She's just celebrating that God is doing what he promised he would do in the Old Testament. That he would send the one that would crush the head of the snake. Oh, and they get to be vital parts in that story. And although they didn't understand, as I said, they didn't understand the joy. They, I think they understood the joy at that moment. But they didn't quite understand the sorrow that would come. When you think about John the baptizer, we don't hear much about Elizabeth later on throughout the gospel. But to hear about her son being beheaded. And then for Mary, her son being crucified. Two of the most brutal ways that someone could, could suffer martyrdom, martyrdom or to be killed. And two of the vital, vital points in the gospel, in the nativity story, their mother, the mothers had to deal with that. There is joy and there is sorrow that comes. So as we've been, as we look at this today and we think about the joy that they had, I'm so glad God built them up with so much joy when these babies were coming in because God was preparing them for the sorrow that they experienced in the latter part of their lives. Maybe for you and I. I don't mean to slow this down to this degree, but I want us to understand a walk with Christ is never meant for comfort and ease and selfish joy. 
there's a burden to carry at times, but there's also the joy. Sorrow may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning.